You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. I just I feel so tired, Michael. I, I never thought we would make it this far. 250 episodes. I think this is the first milestone where we've actually paid attention to it. Like we did 100, we, we blew by 100, we blew by 200. And the other day, you uh, you said we've hit 250. That's we're going five to hit years. 250. That's, that's five years. Like we take a couple weeks off, usually in the fall. We've taken a couple weeks off here and there. We've been doing this for over five years. So for five years, we've been podcasting. And if our podcast was a child, it would be going into kindergarten. Well, that pretty much is the subject matter. So, True. And, and considering it would be yours and my child, next year when we do the six-year anniversary, the child would still be in kindergarten. So it would have medium-length hair, but it would have a goatee is basically what you're saying. It's pretty much. Okay. So uh, we reached out to uh, some of our, uh, our friends out there and asked them if they would help us celebrate, and they have provided us with a plethora of sparkling wine that we are going to taste live here on the podcast. And um, to everyone who sent us wine, thank you. And even to the people who did not send us wine, you know, the um, Niagara wine industry has been such a great support of us. Uh, and, you know, if we're going to be a little reminiscent, a little emotional on this, I think we, we just need to say, like, I know you and I were working really hard to try to provide a service. We're trying to let people know what's going on in Niagara, stay on top of trends, while at the same time, you know, unfortunately, you and I learn stuff, and unfortunately, people learn stuff listening to this, but we appreciate the support that people have given us over the years. It is unfortunate that you learn stuff. And we actually have, you know, thanks to all our international guests who have come of on over the years. It was great. So, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack the first one, which is our, our, our only magnum that we have. And yeah, that's we pretty have, great. We have our, our second only studio audience, and uh, we... We we actually and we're we're keep we're keeping the group small per the provincial per the, guidelines and we are joined also by uh, Levi DeLorne, the uh, winemaker of Jackson Triggs, who is a huge fan of sparkling wine, but I guess doesn't get to taste a lot of Niagara sparkling. Not as much as I should, and uh, so so that he can compare what he's doing with sparkling. We're letting him also in on the uh, on the festivities, and he will also be the one serving everybody in the studio audience. Uh, sparkling. So here we go, and we wanted to do this outside, but once again, it is uh, pouring rain out. So I might add, as a server, this is going to be bloody expensive for you, sunshine. Yeah. Tell you. <laughs> so here we go. We're, it's a Mary Nissen uh, ch- Charmed, Charmed, and I think this is. Um, I believe this is a, 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 Char- a Chardonnay, and it is the Charmat method. I will let everybody pour their... Uh, it's funny. You look like a big child pouring that. I know. Pouring that, a little uh, little bottle of... So, yeah, Andre goes I have for the insisted, white wine glass. I have insisted for a white wine glass as Michael was handing out flutes. As If we go back to one of our previous episodes, one of my favorite one, episodes. Uh, about a dozen uh, episodes, you've, uh, you've chastised me for using uh, flutes, but... Um, I still am a big flute person, and you can see I don't use the, the, the standard, you know, straight up. I, I use a larger flute, I always have, that uh, allows me to funnel that, that aroma to my nose. So this is the... And I like, I like letting my sparkling wine get a little bit of air to breathe, so it opens up properly. It's not all choked off and muted by, and then know. And then sooner or later, it becomes just a white wine. Y- you know it takes hours for it to go flat, right? Sure, it does. And, and sure. who's drinking sparkling wine slow enough? That, okay, we, you can go back and listen to that Everybody. episode, but my favorite thing is that we had Olivier Krug, the man himself, 
But he was telling me I'm drinking the wrong sparkling. Of course I'm drinking the wrong sparkling. I'm not drinking $300 sparkling. I'm drinking $25, $30 sparkling. I don't need to listen to Olivier Krug tell me that I'm drinking the wrong kind of sparkling. Of course I'm drinking the wrong kind of sparkling. I should be drinking $300 sparkling, but I can't afford $300 sparkling. I love that that's your takeaway from that conversation. That's what I think. He chastised me at 6 in the morning. And I couldn't very well tell him that he's full of because I'm sure you want him back on the podcast for something. Speaking of the word that you just said, since we're like doing a bit of a look back. <laughs> That's a cheat. That's a cheat right there. Speak up, Sunshine. Come on, spit it out. We have a, we have a referee this, this, this podcast. And well, that's I'm, good. I'm, I'm pinging you just for getting around it. Uh, around okay, it fine. Me. You know what? It's, it's going to a good cause. So I'm giving it to myself. Well, um, um, one for two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's one. Yeah, yeah. Just checking. Um, I want Chardonnay. I can say he can't say uh, it. I want I want the c word suspended for this podcast. Since we're gonna look, I am saying no, but I gotta go to the referee here. I guess uh, it'll be called uh, for a good cause. Oh my god. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you what. The compromise is we'll do the blanket payment. I'll, I'll do the three dollar payment. Correct. Say. All right. Darn. I'm okay with that. Uh, Chardonnay. <laughs> does that feel better? It's it like does. he. It's like he just went in his pants. <laughs> like I don't. I don't even know what to say. It's like he just. Okay. So if this sparkling is Chardonnay, if this sparkling is Chardonnay, you know, I'm I'm happy that it is humid as balls out right now. It's like 30 degrees. There is quite a bit of residual to this, but it's it's pleasant on a day like this. I, I I'm reading the back and it, it doesn't. I want to believe that it is Chardonnay, but it's got kind of a Pinot Gris. It's got muscat too. In a muscat. Yeah, it tastes it's like muscat. It's got to be some muscat yeah. or some Pinot Gris. There's it's got some really pleasant sweetness to it, but it's also got nice acidity to it. It's not. It's it's. Well balanced. You know, this is one I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to review as like a super serious wine. I'm looking at the Magnum. I'm looking at the winery. I'm guessing this is what, maybe 50, 55? I don't know what the Magnum is itself, but I think these are about 24 bucks. Okay, so if this mag is like 50, 19, 60 bucks. 1995, no, between, between 20 and 25 Well, there we go. We're heading towards what Thomas has referred to as La Liberation, as we did our, our COVID uh, podcast last year. And to me, this just screams getting together with the family and opening a big bottle of wine. I think people need that. That is, that is very Prosecco in style. Absolutely. Very lovely. Oh, you know what this would make? Great mimosas? This would make a great Aperol spritz. Oh, I have some Aperol in the basement. We can always... I do. You're both looking at me funny. Yeah, no, I don't know about Aperol Spritz. Let's, uh, go get the Aperol. Oh, here we go. Good Lord. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. What? Aperol's not a swear Settle. word. Settle. No, but I'm just not doing it. So the... Um, Who's making the wine at Mary Neeson these days? Is that Mark? Uh, it's kind of a Mark P. Store, Nick Pappas. Uh, it's kind of that, uh, that conglomerate uh, of guys. Um, who's the other one in there? Man, I can... Oh, Fred DiProfio. They're all part of that... Uh, <laughs> That team, effort, that team effort that they've got going on. But I think Nick Pappas is, uh, is one of the guys. I could see that selling really well. Yeah, me too. I would drink the crap out of that. And I it's a sunny barbecue, go, uh, picnic yeah. sort of wine you can just crush. And so they do also make a charmed rosé, which I know has got some Pinot Noir in it and probably a little bit of Chardonnay. Um, th- I, I know because I went to pick up the wine at the, uh, at the winery, and uh, they, had, uh, they, were, they were 19... Uh, 99, uh, and they had them on sale. If you bought a six pack, it was a hundred bucks. So that's a pretty good deal. It's like buy five, five, get one free. And, uh, so this has got a lovely little pink color, almost, uh, almost Was this in your rosé report? It was, yeah. What was your score for it? About three and a half, I think. Yeah. It smells like, like watermelon Jolly Ranchers. 
Yeah, and pretty much has that um, has that flavor as well. Mm -hmm. I, think it, I think I think the nose follows the palate to a T. Mm -hmm. I don't think the sweetness comes out as much on this one as uh, it does on the on the white version. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I, I think there's a nice, there's just a tiny little pucker. Not a lot. It's still on the sweet spectrum, but it's. And I guess when we're saying sweet, it's not like, you know, cloyingly sweet. It's just slightly... I think it once again comes down to the fact that, let's face it, Michael, you and I are generally tasting, reviewing, and talking about the, the premium wines, the, the upper echelon of, of wines in Niagara, and we don't often go back to the cheap, cheerful, you know, sweet and crushable. So when, when we do, and, and I, think, I think this is where setting is so important. We're celebrating tonight, we're celebrating our 250th episode, and... As I said earlier, it's hot as balls, and when there's a little bit of residual sugar in my wine, I appreciate it when it's hot as balls outside, because it just rolls off the back of the tongue a little easier. The way he's saying the word balls, I'm starting to think it should actually be a swear word, and suddenly, like, he's just... <laughs> no, no, he gets away with that. He, the dialogue, uh, right? Go to the referee. Thank you, thank you referee. Referee, go to the referee he's on that one. firm, but fair. Fair, firm, yeah, firm yeah, but fair. It's like Australian rules football. Firm, I still don't fair. get Jolly Rancher. What? Do you not have your Jolly Ranchers <laughs> No, I don't get Jolly Rancher. Like, uh, no, we don't. Do you, oh, have, do you so have Jolly Ranchers? Actually, uh, your wife is in the studio audience, and she has said, I'll buy you some next week, and you'll get it all because over. Because she likes that sort of crazy stuff. Okay, so... So, yeah, that's... that's That's really lovely. Well, lovely in that summery uh, enjoyment uh, kind of way, I yep, think. No, totally. I, I, I am going to pull the Aperol up after. All right, okay. That's what you insist on doing. So I'm going to open the our... The best our Aperol spritz I had last summer was with Glenn from Light Hall's... Um, it was his Vidal Sparkling. I can't remember what it's called. Because I know if I say Culmination, that's the one that's like the Blonde de Blonde with like... Well, culmination is the big one, but the yeah, other no, one no, is Progressive. 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 I, I was making Aperol spritz with that and it was just... We just did Aperol spritz on the weekend with Q. A bottle of Q. old bottle of Q that we had laying around. We thought, we'll give that a go. Oh. Good. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So, I just, I love that cocktail in this weather. It's so, perfect, right? Yeah. So this is... Oh uh, my God, what are you doing? Oh, I want to... You, you point the bottle right at me. It's you, not a loaded gun. You need to get to 251, boys. Go easier, right? The, <laughs> the, the, way he's, the way he's talking, it's like I'm, I'm a loaded gun. There are days, but I have yet to do it. Okay, so this is from Ravine, and it, it's looking like a Charmat from it the is. size it, of the bubbles. Yeah, it is a Char... They say it's Charmat Rosé. They, they spell it out right there on the bottle. Charmat Rosé, I'm, I'm going to have to go, um, unless Levi reads the back of the bottle, uh, I have notes on, on a very few bottles, uh, we have a very special bottle coming up uh, in there, but, so Andre, you, you've mentioned your favorite podcast as being the, uh, the one from Krug. No, 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 that wasn't my favorite, I just, I like to give you the smackdown on wine glasses, because I love that, you know, you have one of the kings of champagne telling you to ditch your flutes, and you're still like... Man, I've I, I really decided, like, I, I, have, I admire the hell out of you in the way that you dig your heels in, and I'm buying you Don Quixote for Christmas, because well, you need to read the book. If that's what it takes. I, I am still a flute person. I think uh, uh, sparkling has to be uh, done out of a flute, and it's the only way to, uh, to do it, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I go to uh, the referee, uh, flutes or white wine glasses for sparkling wine. Which way do you, uh, you use at home, Levi? It uh, depends if we've got guests or not. If we've got guests, it's flute. Otherwise, it's a larger vessel. It is a larger vessel. So why flutes for guests? 
Because that's what they think champagne or sparkling wine should be drunk out of. Why aren't you teaching them the way of the forest? Ah, they enjoy it. Okay. They enjoy okay. it. Okay. It makes them feel special. They enjoy the atmosphere, <laughs> the food. Obviously, the host, you know. But at home, it's usually a larger vessel. I like to know what's going on on the nose. Yeah, m- me too. So the uh, this one's got a, a, a subtle bitterness, for lack of a better term. So it, it comes across to me not as a Prosecco, but as something a little more on the serious side. It's, it's much more, but I mean, it's much more austere than the two glasses of juice that we had before this. Yes, it, it's, I would say it's not as refreshing. Now we're starting to get a little more into the serious side of, of uh, even Charmat or sparkling wine. So before, I know you have to, we have to do a quick intermission for you to grab more bottles. Do you have a favorite episode that we've recorded? You know what? Uh, it, it were the ones you weren't on. <laughs> when uh, when I, I was away in Australia, you brought on some guests. Yep. And they were all men. Yep, thanks for reminding me. And, uh, and I did a counterbalance while you were away in France and brought in all women. And uh, so I brought in Kelly Mason. I brought in Morgan Juniper. I brought in Brittany, uh, uh, Brittany from uh, Creekside. I saved you because I know you couldn't say her last. I year. couldn't remember who it was because <laughs> I haven't uh, I haven't spoken to Brittany in a while. She's no, she's, she's left the industry. She's left the industry. So I had those, and then I do remember the podcast where uh, Kelly came back and she said, "I want to interview you." And I was like, I had uh, no one, and we asked if people wanted to interview me for the podcast, and nobody, nobody took wanted us to up it. on that. So, uh, which was pretty interesting as well. But she, uh, and it turns out, and I had no idea she had done this, but she had reached out to past interviewees that we had interviewed and asked if they had any questions that they wanted to ask of me. So it was pretty, it was all pretty interesting. Cool. So, yeah. You seem very pensive now. So no, I'm just, I, I don't think, I don't think you and I have ever really talked because like for us, like this is something that we do. We, we work really hard. We commit it. It's not like we spend a lot of time reminiscing about the past because we're always looking forward with what we're doing. Correct. We're always trying to figure out how to, you know, fill the next podcast with with interesting um, with interesting content. Yeah. And, and instead of just you and me yammering uh, back and forth, which which during the pandemic has been some pretty interesting stuff. Oh uh, yeah, we could timeline just how crazy last year was between breaking my wrist to like losing seventy pounds to gaining all it all back. It. <laughs> okay, okay. Like there's ten back. And uh, and and then the uh, then my uh, my foray into Irish whiskey, which we never thought I would even get into spirits in any way, shape, or form. Well, because we could go back to the bourbon episode, where that's still one of my favorite photos. Is the the picture of you tasting Eagle Rare, which is a fantastic whiskey that is really hard to get your hands on these days. And I and I couldn't. I just I just I am not a spirits guy, right? You didn't like the rare. I'm, no, he, it it looked like someone had like taken a crap on his tongue. <laughs> but but so, somewhere along the line, uh, I decided that I needed to. Oh, you're uh, making me pay for crap. Did you, is crap allowed? Or crap no? is not. I don't think is crap allowed. Crap is not on the list. I crap, crap is not. No, crap's fine then. Crap is yeah. fine. Crap I'm just, is I'm fine. just keeping you honest. That's okay. all. All right. It's good. The referee is here. I'm allowed to say crap on his tongue. Yeah, that's gold. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's just uh, anyway. So let's take that intermission. Uh, let's get uh, get uh, three more sparklings out here. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So according to the uh, the referee that we have uh, for this podcast, just in case we you know get a little uh, uh, schnufki, as my uh, my mother used to say, is that a word? It is. It's German. It's uh, uh, drunk or it's Yiddish. I'm not sure. Oh, I which. think it's a German swear word. To yeah. be honest, we should probably find him for it. But you know, I'm just a referee. But uh, but he said we should stick with our. Um, We're putting uh, it on the list. Uh, <laughs> how much how much is that swear word worth? It's German. It shouldn't it's be like a 50 cent swear word, yes. surely. Well, if it's German, it's going to be uh, 0. 0.50 euros. What is that? 50 centimes. Half a euro? So, yeah, half, half a, a euro. euro. Oh, geez. Um, so he said to uh, continue on with our, our uh, rosé tasting, because this is our third uh, rosé. Uh, this is from our friends at Flat Rock. It was hand-delivered to me. I didn't have to go get this one. It is their Crowned Sparkling Brute. 2015. I hear the courier was stunning. She was a very nice young lady. I am not allowed to say anything else other than that uh, for fear that her husband would probably take me out. Because he's, he's younger, uh, he's better looking than I am, and, uh, and he can, he can, I think he can pick up a barrel. I don't think I can pick up a barrel. So, which means he's... You, you had trouble picking up that magnum Correct. Of, uh, so charm. the yeah, so, so yeah, the, damn skippy you couldn't pick up a... Couldn't pick up a barrel. Couldn't pick up a barrel. I, I don't know if I could roll one, come to think of it. So... So this is, uh, now we're getting into our traditional uh, method sparklings. Uh, I'm not just saying this, this because is, it was... I think this is traditional. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying this just because it was hand-delivered, but the sparkling wines from Flat Rock are supremely underrated. I think it's just one of those things where because, you know, you've got sort of the kings of Chardonnay and Pinot up there or smack dab in the middle, like on that upper echelon, I, you know, I forget that they make other stuff other than Chardonnay and Pinot. Um, I know they, they made a, a Charmat method at one point. This is not it, but they did make a, a, a Charmat uh, sparkling to try and hit that $20 market for uh, Proseccos and things like that. But this one, now we're getting into that serious, you know, small bubble. And um, this is serious. You know what? It's always gone bang for buck with his wines, no matter what. He, he, he doesn't... Asked for as much as his wines as what he could and what he should. I've tried to tell him he should get people to pay Shut more. Shut well, up. He won't listen to me. Good. But, it's but, the but, but, it's my under, but it's my understanding too, though, that like the Flat Rock, they seal their wines with crown caps and it's a tough sell. Possibly. Yeah, even with quality. Like I, I've, I've talked Possibly. to Dave and Louise too, and I, I'm 100% convinced that it's the crown caps that make it a tough sell. Which is, see, Joy is a lovely. Uh, which is a damn sparkling. shame because I still like that's another thing as a result of this podcast. When I told you I was hoarding Joy, you were like, oh, your 09 is going to be over the hill. You got to open that right away. So I listened to Michael. and that's... You said you were going to bring a Joy for this podcast. Did you bring one? Oh, shoot. No, thanks a lot. Again, you're wonderful. You're always wonderful. You're always, I'm going into the cellar, picking up bottles, blah, blah, blah. You bring Jack. My wife will make you dessert. Uh, she's made it once in all these years. Once. I can only say once because she actually did once. So you, the joke on the podcast for years was, I've been to your house many times, and she has never, she's, a, she's a pastry chef, so I look at oh. Levi, and she's never... She's why I needed to lose 70 pounds. <laughs> she never made dessert, ever. It was always Andre goes, oh, I made this for dessert. And I'm like, well, what about your wife? He goes, oh, she won't make dessert. And I'm like, but... Anyway, so one day she did. She actually made dessert... And uh, all Christmas cookies, which she does make them every year. And they're they're very fair, tasty. Christmas cookies don't count. We're talking about like a purpose-made, properly placed Like I'm dessert. coming over for dinner. You know it. You know, three yeah. weeks in advance. I'm coming in for dessert, like for dinner. I'm not coming for dinner. I'm coming for dessert. I'm coming really. for dessert because there's a pastry chef in the house, you know. But it's the thing that, that you have to remember, though, is, is um, cooks don't cook at home. It's like landscapers don't landscape at home. And that's it. The Lord. Well, actually, funny, when we had our kitchen redone, 
the funny part is uh, we met his uh, we met his wife, and she says it took me years to get my kitchen done because uh, Ron didn't want to do my kitchen. Absolutely not. <laughs> so she lived. She she would help people design their dream kitchen, and the whole time she's like, "But I want a dream kitchen." Goes, "I'll get to it." Right. So what's the vintage on this crown? This is 2015. It's so lo- this is lovely. This yeah. is uh, we're getting we're getting pretty austere here. This is this is serious. Like pinkies up. Yeah, no, no. I've I've noticed that when in my video series, that when I start uh, uh, tasting, I'm very conscious now that I have I have a pinky up, and I'm like, oh, I better not take that that cut because um, I look pretty pretentious, but I I still do it. So you never look pretentious in the videos, Michael, because you're screaming at the camera. I like screaming at the camera. I think it always uh, it, it gives authenticity to my my enthusiasm. Really nice acidity. Really nice yeah. balance with the dosage I've done there. The mousse is really full in the mouth What's and it keeps the- going. The VQE designation on that is it twenty miles? Uh, it is Niagara Peninsula. Niagara Peninsula. So it's not their own, not their uh, own fruit. It's from all over Niagara. So I'm going to go to uh, before we go to another vintage sparkling. I, I'm going to go to the non-vintage, and again, this is from our. Oh, hello, friend. This is our, our friend at. Uh, this is our friends at uh, Cave Spring, and these guys always make a lovely bottle. This is the Blanc de Blanc. Oh, now you're Why pointing. Why are you worried a... about that? It's not going anywhere. Oh, for God's sake! This, story this man, this man can never hold a gun. <laughs> Period. Do you know what? So, so funny, funny story, uh, and I have no idea why this even comes to my head. But many years ago, uh, when I was in uh, in high in uh, in high junior high, I think it was, we had these. Um, and it tells you, here's, a, here's a, a real interesting story about the times we live in now versus the times we lived in then. When I was in junior high, we had these activity days, and one of the activities was going skeet shooting. Like, you're giving kids loaded guns to go out and, and shoot things, and I did. And I, and Were you at, one, at it? Uh, no, I missed everything. Except at one point... The Stop s- pointing bottles at us, Michael. But... At one point, the skeet didn't go off, and I was holding it, and I was waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm like, hey, where is it? And they're like, point it the other way. So, yeah. So, Levi, I think, I think you should open the next bottle. Uh, you haven't even uh, got through this bottle yet, and you guys are on to the next one already? Well, no, I'm, just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, like, in terms of safety, you should be opening the bottles I going forward. You guys, get too, Michael, you guys get too worried. So I like my eyes. All right, so the Blanc de Blanc, obviously, it's what, Andre? What do you think this is made out of? Oh, it says on the front, it's blancs. Yeah, it's got to be blanks. Oh, so, I mean, that's the French word for white. So it's made with white. Yeah. It, it's the white of whites. The so, whitest of the whites. You've paid three yep. bucks. You might as well say it four times. It's, yeah, this is, this is Chardonnay. It smells great. I love it. I love this wine. This is one of my go-to wines when I'm... I want an affordable bottle of sparkling for something. So, so Levi, you are um, an aficionado of um, of sparkling wine. You say that's one of uh, when Andre asked you. I'm a student of sparkling wine. When when Andre asked you what your favorite grape variety was, you actually went sparkling wine. That was it is a grape variety. <laughs> so, and then and then you went and and you did elaborate and you said uh, Chardonnay. So this is obviously a 100 percent Chardonnay. Uh, sparkling, although I think that a little bit of mousse gets in here as well. We talked to Angelo Pavon. It's like field blend or what the situation is. Did he say it was field blend? He, uh, I, I know that he said that there is a little bit of mousse that gets into this blend every so often. Uh, I don't that think was it's Angelo Pavon. Floral notes to it. Like it's pretty. 
This one seems a little more austere as, uh, and doesn't have the floral, but I think he says it gets in every so often. Your thoughts on this, uh, this Blonde de Blanc? This is lovely. Uh, the lemon-lime zest, the real Chardonnay character is great. That little bit of wet stone is sort of there. This is another one of those wines too where it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a paradox when it enters your house. Do I put this on the wine rack? Because mm. I think a few years of age, it'll get that like back palate that it's really missing right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. It's got plenty of acid that's going to keep going on for years. I, but I, it's tasting really damn good right now. I, I have a number of these, and I remember one year going to, uh, uh, it was at that time, it was the Wine Council of Ontario, now Whammo. They did have a sparkling wine Christmas. I don't think you were even in Ontario at the time, uh, Levi. Um, but they did. Did you, were you ever at that one? No, so this was years ago. And uh, I was sitting beside Dee Tudor and um, uh, Conrad Edgebeck and a couple other, uh, Tony Aspler, and we all tasted a wine. And they did them blind. And uh, we were all convinced we were now drinking a champagne. And it turned out it was the Cave Spring Blonde de Blanc. And uh, everybody was convinced it was, it was champagne, that they had thrown in a ringer. And uh, it was the Cave Spring. And that it was, chalkiness of the city is just it's beautiful. Just, love yeah. that chalkiness. But it's, it's crazy how much a little bit of patience pays off. So I've been fortunate enough this year to have some opportunities to celebrate. Earlier this year, I had a bottle of Henry Giraud um, Fut en Chêne, like a, a Grand Cru champagne. It was, it was just, just glorious. And then a couple weeks after that, I opened up a 2010 Hinterland Lazy 12 Sparkling, and I wish that I'd opened those wines side by side, because that Hinterland Lazy 12 with the 10 years in my collection, mm -hmm. it was starting to taste a little, a little Bollinger-like, a little Krug-like. It had just had this level of complexity that I never imagined from Ontario Sparkling. And the uh, and the and the um, Hinterland is making some great stuff. Just across the board. Yeah. And I, think, and I think across the board with sparklings in Ontario, we've taken leaps and bounds. Totally. Like from, from when I started in 2010, we've come such a long way. And I think we, we can be uh, really put ourselves on the map with sparkling wines. We've got everything that it takes to make incredible. I, 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 think it's, I think it's one of those things that along with um, Cab Franc, we should be, you know, instead of, uh, you know, staring at ice wine and... And well, I mean, that's it. And, and I mean, it's, it's a price point. Like, here's the thing is if, if I ever decide to open a white tablecloth fine dining restaurant, like fine. Yeah, I'm going to have to stock up on some champagne. I'm going to have to have Bollinger on the list because frankly, that's what I want to sell to my customers. But at the same time, if I want to move some product, why wouldn't I stock up on this Cave Absolutely. Spring? And I, I think uh, Ontario is doing a great a great job. So uh, Levi, I'm going to have you open this. And the reason is because it's a Jackson Triggs Entourage Grand Reserve 2016 Brut. We've already learned uh, by talking to you off uh, microphone that you did the tirage on this. You didn't uh, actually... I didn't tirage it. But I disgorged it. Oh, you disgorged it. Sorry. It's a bit before my I'm just happy that there's someone competent opening the corks. So oh, neither one of us have to you. worry about I probably being shot. get the foil off, but... Uh, watch, him, watch him bang it into the ceiling. But just watch. Yeah, at least it'd be the ceiling and not one of our faces. Well, I'd rather it be your face than his face, which is why I always pointed it at you. You pointed it at him! But I, I was... I was keep the was lid on while you're doing it, just in case. So... Andre, you're, you're, do you have any other memories? Not just your favorite podcast, but uh, like a memory uh, of, of the podcast that sticks out. I, I have one that, that really comes to mind. I have two. Okay. I have two, but the first one, much in the line of favorite episode. My favorite episode was also one that didn't include you. No. Oh, well. And that was chasing Paul Hobbs down to his estate in New York State on Lake Seneca. And um, sitting down and interviewing a, a man that... I think you and I would probably both know more for 
Felino Chardonnay and the Cabernet Sauvignon, and you and his, were and his own wines, correct? You yeah. were and you were in Cal- out of California. I, I think it's what your people referred to as a mitzvah when you brought um, a Tokalon, a Beckstoffer Tokalon Cabernet Sauvignon to my house when you were doing a wine cellar one day. Yep, and that wine was incredibly memorable. Yeah, Paul Hub. So the yeah, thing I, is, I, the I, thing is, recording that podcast though, and my mind is still blown, is talking to a guy who's who's got his his career. Uh, based on um, on Cabernet Sauvignon and Chardonnay, saying his favorite grape is Riesling. You know what shocks me now is that you put that into the flute. I didn't leave; I poured it in it. Uh, no, don't blame me now. But you can, <laughs> but you can actually change it over into the other glass. But you didn't. So uh, I have, I have a, one of our my favorite memories uh, about the podcast is, and and we don't do this for accolades in any way, shape, or form. I'm not, I'm not getting there. But I really loved. The uh, email that we got from uh, Rose Hall Run. Oh, yeah. When we did our Rose Hall Run. Oh, so we did our uh, Prince Edward County. Um, it wasn't even. We, we mentioned it in passing. Correct. So what had happened was, just uh, for, for Levi's sake and for everybody who's listening and hasn't caught all of our podcasts, is that um, we went to Prince Edward County, but separately. And then later on, we, we got together and talked about you know the things that we really liked and what we had tasted, and one of the things was the Rose Hall Run um, sparkling that they had actually won, I think, at Chardonnay du Monde, like a 2016 Wasn't or the sparkling. No, no, sorry, sorry, it was a Chardonnay. It was the JCR. It was a JCR Chardonnay, and we mentioned it in podcast, how wonderful it was, and I guess what had ended up happening was uh, Lynn and Dan got a hold of us like uh, about a week later, and they said, we want to thank you very much. We couldn't understand why there was a big, huge blow-up on our uh, and, and run on our JCR uh, Chardonnay. And it was because we had mentioned it on the podcast, and their sales uh, that week had gone through the, the roof. And uh, so we very, very rarely get that kind of uh, mention from anybody. And it was lovely to hear from a winery that says, you know, you guys helped us uh, you know, sell a few more bottles of that wine. Well, I, I won a VQA Promoter Award for this podcast. Correct. Um, and I you know, did not. Which is really weird. <laughs> like, how does that happen? It's two guys talking wine, one guy won it. And, that, and, and it's the one guy that nobody wants to interview. I'm yeah. just saying. Well, hey, I'm hey, just hey. saying. <laughs> I'm Play just nice saying. Now. Play nice, boys. <laughs> it's just very interesting. It's, it's so nice to have a referee here. This, <laughs> this is like so much easier. Levi, than Levi I think uh, Andre's going to invite you back more often just because of the referee status uh, that you, you have now. these wines come on and we might have a deal, buddy. I'll tell <laughs> so, you. Um, this, so what can you tell us about this entourage? What, what is it made out of? It's uh, predominantly Chardonnay, Chardonnay Pinot blend. Um, is there some traditional, on this? obviously. So I'm using a bit of dosage. It's been in oak. Wow, so is, that, that's you're talking like a few milliliters. Per yeah, we use probably about eight mils of dosage. This is under, so it's a brute, so it's under fifteen grams of residual. It's probably sitting at eight, nine grams of residual, something like is that. Is there any Pinot Meunier in there, or no? Not yet. No, not, not yet. But you're adding that. No, we're not adding it. But as of uh, 2018, I started adding Meunier. As of 2019, I started adding a barrel component. Oh, well, reserved okay. barrel component. So there, sort of there is there is a whispers of that basement to this that I like. The, you get that little bit of oak, that it's, but it's a tiny bit where it's like um, it's where it pushes it from like white one like right white Wonder Bread like rising dough into like the full baked like. Oh yeah, there you go. It's coming out, and I just I'm I'm here for it. I love yeah. it. So there's, there's the a nice oaky note to it as well. Yeah, just a hint. Like none yep. none of it none of the base saw oak. There's no reserve wine in this. All my reserve wines now are in oak. But we use dosage that's a barrel, basically. And we add a small component of that. But 
my ethos with, with, with sparkling is to try to evolve it each year, but not do it all at once. A small piece each year. So Pinot Meunier came into the fold, Reserve Oak came into the fold, and we start sort of moving along in that respect. It's a bit of fun. So I, I know you probably had everything to do with us getting that bottle, so thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm all over it, boys, I tell you. But uh, I'd like to thank Nayla uh, for sending that along. She's with Artera, and they were the ones who sent that. Awesome. So I'll have a word. Uh, that's lovely. And now, Andre, I have saved two more for this suspicious occasion that are wines that were given to us by big fans of, of the podcast. Um, one is uh, 39 months on, uh, on Lee's in-bottle traditional method. The other one is 100 months. So, and we are the first to taste it in public. Oh, that's exciting. We're doing another intermission. Is that what's happening? That is what's happening. All right. And that's the lovely Erica. <laughs> I told you they were going to heckle. So, so here, here we go. This is, um, it, and now uh, it is, it is uh, sunny outside. So uh, we'll be drinking the rest of these outside. This is from Queenston Mile, and uh, Levi, does that have a year on it or? Um, Seventeen. Two thousand seventeen. It is sixty percent Chardonnay, forty percent Pinot Noir, thirty-nine months before dosage. So this is, you know what? Wow. This is, this is a drink now though. Uh, actually, you know what? It's a... Wow. This is stunning. Wow. That's got a lot going on. Again, it is 60 a shard, 40% Pinot, 39 months on lees. So that's, um, you know, this... the best part about doing sparkling wine for a 250 episode is what, what are we doing? alcohol. It is, and we're not spitting. We have not... Did you spit anything? I've been spitting. I have to drive back to Toronto. Oh, well, we're not spitting, because Levi lives just down the road, and I live here. <laughs> so... So if you stagger to my place, it's a problem. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Maybe maybe I will. Just I know your kids aren't there. I, I know their, their bed's empty. Maybe maybe I can slip myself in. Worst case there. scenario, you guys just pass it on the front lawn. Correct. So It's happened before. Again. This is uh, oh, the, the hazards of working in the wine business. This is uh, this is some serious uh, serious. This is uh, really this, this is um, his entry level champagne right here. You know, you got that real biscuitiness. You've got that um, you know that fresh bread. Um, you got that bruised apple. Mm. Citrus is like bright and searing, but perfectly focused. Like acidity is good. Is so seven, seventeen is that that miracle vintage, where we, where we thought you know all we would make is sparkling wine anyway, but uh, this is this is lovely. Wow! Thank you very much, Yvonne Irving, for sending that along. Um, I I didn't. She didn't send me the price, uh, although it was in an email. Uh, but uh, Queenston Mile, uh, I know they're about forty to fifty dollars for their sparkling. But you know what? If you think of what you're going to pay for a bottle of champagne, I think that's that's pretty. This would hit right in the same spot. Like I drink a lot of Fayette when I can. Parlant, those are both about fifty, fifty-five bucks now, and this would be right, right up there. This is shoulder to shoulder. That acidity is gorgeous. It just yep. runs straight down the center of the palate. 
holds but the it's, wine but together. But it's not clobbering any of the like the, the cacophony it's of flavors of, to it. It's not out of balance in no, any no. shape, way, or form. You lots can put of, this bottle down for quite a few years. Lots and of, lots together of, and just grow and evolve. Okay. So this one is a true paradox because this would benefit with time in the cellar, but it is drinking pretty you great drink, right now. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd be interested to know the dosage and what they put in, but uh, uh, Yvonne, I would say it's if nothing at all. So here's the one I've been I've been looking forward to taste, Andre, and I know you have too because I did mention it to you. And I I I'm sorry, uh, I'm I'm going to open this one and I'm going to point it at everybody no, in the room. Point no, it Michael, Andre. what the hell? Okay, so what do we got? What do we got? Okay, so here we go. I'm going to keep my thumb on it so nobody. So this is the um, Henry of Pelham. Pelham. Gotta play a little House of Pain when you're talking about the House of Pain. House of Pain. Oh, good lord! HLP, <laughs> baby, you know me. Oh, don't, don't start singing, please. <laughs> <laughs> So this There's is, so much I'll put up with, but not your singing. This is the 2010 Centenary. It is a Blanc de Blanc. It is made from 100% estate-grown Chardonnay from the Short Hills Bench. 20% is barrel fermented. It is hand-picked, bunch-selected, gently whole-cluster pressed. Secondary fermentation in bottle was followed by a further aging of up to 100 months on lees. It will, at some point, be released to the public at $124.95. Uh, we all know that Cuvée Ca uh, Catherine is some of the best sparkling wine in Niagara, period, the end. And according to Daniel Speck, big fan of the podcast, I think he's been on a couple of times anyway, uh, he uh, says we are the first people to taste this wine outside of the brothers and anybody at the winery. So we are the first to taste this. So a big thank you to Daniel Speck, uh, Alyssa Lepp, and all the others at um, uh, at uh, Henry of Pelham and Family Wine Merchants. Here we this go. This is still young. This is... <laughs> wow. Um, hmm. Well, the breadiness and the biscuit. This is, you know what? Just the fir from first smell, it's like one of those, you know, sourdough loaves. And, and just when you when you get it in the it's bag, total sourdough. And it's you really yogurty sourdough. Smell the the crust. But there's a beautiful oyster shell that's in there. Oh, and oh, and you did you bring oysters? Uh, not tonight. Oh, next time. Are you a shucker? I think I said I'm a damn good shucker. <laughs> I hear you're a mother shucker, Michael. I have uh, shucked a mother. Okay, you're both on the very real edge there, <laughs> gentlemen, I tell you. Man, this is the first time we've had a referee. <laughs> we, maybe we should get rid of this guy. <laughs> you wait till you get the bill, boys, I tell you. Well, I, you know what? I can't stop smelling this wine. There's so much going on. The thing is, like, the, the acid is still like... Well, you're already on the taste. I cannot get over the smell on this wine. And, on, and uh, Levi's tasted it as well, so here we go. I think it still needs some time. I think this is still too young. I get the oyster on the palate, that really saltiness, that minerality, that creaminess. Through, but that oak comes through as well. Wow. That's really nice. Oh, no, yeah. You know what? That's ready to go. You think so? I oh, think so absolutely. too. Absolutely. Like with oh, that yeah. acid, any, any further, you start losing a little bit of that acidity. I mean, maybe it's got a year or two, but 
You want that acidity. You want that brightness. You want that. I think I want the acid to fall off. Just a little bit because of all the bread notes, and no, the no, is, I, I, find the, I find the acid has me searching for them. Oh no, no, I love but that then I acidity. I think it would get flabby, you correct? Know, like, and I think you want to keep that together. This would pair incredibly with a number of different foods. Oh, the, the saltiness, the minerality, the the slightly green apple note. There's there's so much going on here that I I just um, it's well, very green apple. Yeah, there's just so much. Uh, that is 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 going on here. This is spectacularly good. You know, I, I I know. I'm most curious when I think about like wines and pricing. So I think we're at a, a certain point in the industry where prices could probably push a little bit higher in certain places. And I, I think it's a little ambitious when new wineries enter the market and they open their doors and they're selling seventy, eighty, ninety dollar bottles from the get go. And I know that's a challenge for consumers, but. I think given that it's Henry Pelham coming to the market with a VQA wine that's, and I'm assuming this is going to be VQA, let's yep, call this VQA. Yep. But no, it is VQA. To enter the market at $125, I think, is one of those things where they're really going to help push the industry forward for everyone. They're going to help push the industry forward for the smaller guys who are maybe afraid to price their wines a little higher. So They've also got a pedigree when it comes to sparkling wines. Correct. Totally. They, they, 100% not, on that. They're not walking in with their first vintage at, totally. at, so, at three years on Lee's. Exactly. Going, I want but to have them enter the market product. at $125 now sets a precedent for other people. Absolutely. Once, once, for the, once for, this style, for this style of wine, 100 months. On. If you remember when we talked to um, uh, Dave and Louise about... Uh, why they got into making joy as a sparkling wine? It was because of Henry Pelham. They were buying Henry Pelham by the case, and they're like, "We got to start making our own, or we're going to get all our profits are going to go to to Henry Pelham." I love those guys. That's so, right. so uh, and that shows why they they have that that program that uh, that has been going on for years, and they just realize that sparkling they they realized from an early uh, time that sparkling was going to be. Uh, what Niagara was known for, or could be known for, and uh, good for them uh, for not just sticking with Baco <laughs> and realizing that that you can see what happened. People have heard me crunching this entire podcast. I, I'm sure, um, but uh, they realized that you know it wasn't just Baco, but but sparkling wine was going to be uh, something important for for Niagara, and they realized it early on. And, and, and they okay, have okay. become a standard bearer and a flag bearer so, for so the industry. So sweeping declaration time, okay? Uh-oh. Um, you and I, we, we still have some more Cabernet Franc podcasts coming I'm a, down the pipe because we said that 2021 was going to be the year of Franc. And I think it's an important project we need to finish. Now that La Liberation is happening, we need to do a tasting with Allison Sloot before the end of the year. Uh, we're going to be talking to Brian Schmidt at the winery. Hey, stop pointing that thing at me. It's got a nail in it. That's funny. As he's, um, as he's pointing his fingers at me, but we're, we we we've got a, we've got a little bit more uh, we got a little bit more work to do for Cabernet Franc for 2021, and I think we need to see that out. But let me just say, 2022 will be the year of the bubbles. I think we could actually make that happen, and I think Levi can help us with that. Absolutely, any year for bubbles. So, well, how about I, I, I here here? Okay, let's let's hear do, him out. Hear him out. Let's do a he's cohesive team. He's, he's had a few to drink, so he's all so dude, he's all I've full been, of ideas. Dude, I've been spitting. I've seen how much you've had. I've seen how much you're spitting. You're sticking around for a bit. Um, I think we should do something cohesive where we should start from the tip of the Niagara Peninsula and work our way up to the bench. And find out who's making bubbles. And do, do bubbles from tip to finish. From tip to tail, as they say. I'm up for that. Absolutely. That's a great yeah, idea. Looks like we got Levi involved, and, and he can referee and, uh, and, and, and drink 
while he's at it. So you know what? Let's um, let's sign off, but maybe let's do a bit of a cheers. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the centenary. I think that was my uh, my my favorite of the bubbles. We're socially distanced. So I'm just gonna cheers myself so we get the sound effect. But you know, cheers. <laughs> uh, I've got a glass here. We there you go. Wait, hold on. I told you that we if we if we actually extended arms, we could probably hit. Okay. So, but we're not gonna get the good sound the, effect on the microphone. And there but, we have uh, it. Yeah, we we five years, my friend. Holy God! Congratulations, to, uh, gentlemen. Well done. Thank you. And and another uh, another five years at least. Oh God! Yeah. I'll put up with you for another five years. Trust me. Who knows? Maybe five years from now, this will be like a hologram that people put on the dash of their car, and they'll just see yours and my stupid, ugly face like yelling at each other on the no, way to no, work. No, they don't want to see our faces. That's why we did a podcast, remember? Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca, at AndreWineReview on social media. I think it's, uh, considering we've been doing this for five years, I should mention Patreon, uh, Patreon.com, Two Guys Talking Wine. I think it's one of my first... I think it's the first time you've said that. First or second time. Please, uh, you know, give us uh, a couple bucks. You know, we, um, uh, we've been at this five years, and uh, I, I, we're still putting the wine in a paper bag because that's kind of wine we're drinking, mostly. All right, uh, Michael Pinkus of MichaelPinkusWineReview.com. Thank at you, the Levi. Grape guy, at the Grape Guy on some social media. And uh, Michael, Michael Pinkus, Pinkus on others. others Because he doesn't understand consistent branding. No, no, I understand consistent branding. I've just been doing this too long. And Levi, thank you very much for being the referee and, and putting your two cents worth in. It's been well worth it uh, having you on. And uh, thank you. And thank you for uh, uh, you know taking over Jackson Triggs. And, and we will have you on to talk about some of the JT wines that are coming Absolutely. up that you actually are 100% Me? Levi DeLoren and have a little bit of Levi in every bottle. Mm, that's not... But you know what? Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. Two Guys Talking Wine is produced by Jim Ray, Adam Duran, and Ken Little.